Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at prize picks they also have a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code ts U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. man it's been a while appreciate you taking the time my friend how you been well it's been good it's funny because i thought back to when we talked over at uh sec media days and thinking how high we are and where of our team respective teams that we cover and to say it was a disappointing season for uh both of us at least we can have that and relate to that so yeah quite a quite a weird year for the Razorbacks, i'm sure for the game clocks too yeah, it's like I said, John, it's it's there are some eerie similarities. I feel like the trajectories of the programs, the the head coaches and I think the way the fan bases feel about them and having to process and digest the on-field results while also loving their coach or what have you. So it's it's some very some very interesting similarities. Then you think about the connections with Logan Step, potentially a player coming over. We'll get to that more in a little bit, but let's talk about John specifically the 2023 season because like you mentioned, I mean, even if you had conservative expectations on Arkansas, I don't think anybody saw this type of season coming. Four and eight, one and seven in SEC play. You do get that win at Florida, ironically enough. Uh, Danny Nose gets fired, I think, what, like three quarters of the way or halfway through the season. Simply put, John, and I'm sure this is a a in-depth or this this answer has a lot of layers to it, but simply put, what went wrong for the Hogs this year? Yeah, it, it was it was one that no one could have predicted because, you know, in 2022, Arkansas went seven and six, and it was a pretty disappointing year because it had so many close losses. But what was weird about it is that Arkansas's offense was actually really good, and the defense was one of the worst in the country, if not the worst in the country statistically. And so people heading into the new year, like you replace Kendall Browse with Dan Enos. Arkansas was familiar with Dan Enos and the offenses he ran. And they also had a new uh, defensive coordinator and Travis Williams coming in. So people were like, well, the offense is going to still be great, or at least solid, because you have KJ Jefferson, you got Rocket Sanders, you got some other pieces coming in. Uh, but the defense is going to be the concern. And nobody would have predicted that this year it, it's literally a swap where the defense was actually pretty good. Not great, not elite, but good enough. And the offense was one of the worst in the SEC. It was just so strange to see. And in the beginning part of it, it was really frustrating because Arkansas, once again, was losing a lot of one-possession games. They lost on the road to LSU in Death Valley at night by three. They lost to Alabama, the team that's in the playoff, won the SEC on the road in their place by three. They lost to Ole Miss, who was one of the best teams in the SEC, on the road at night in their place by a touchdown. So it was just really tough to try to get over that hump but the real straw that broke the camel's back in this whole season was when they lost to mississippi state which my brothers in christ i watched a game regular regular like like nothing overtime nothing that ended seven to three in modern college football that is just 
awful. And I watched it in person at home. So that was really what broke it. It went just poorly from then on out when they fired Enos. They did get the win against Florida, but uh, not trying to take anything away from it. But it, luckily, Florida's kicker missed that field goal at the end, or else Arkansas loses that one too and goes over. So just a, a piss poor season from all around and one that uh, Razorback fans want to forget pretty quickly. John, what's so stunning about it when you look at the schedule, too? You mentioned all those road games in Arkansas. There were multiple times this year where you felt like, okay, the Hogs are showing some life. They're going to they're gonna go on a run or turn into something positive. What happened in Fayetteville? I, I mean, it's it really started like the tone was set with that BYU game. And just that one, you know it'd be tough, but it still felt inexcusable, I think, at the time. And then, you know, you know we heard the chatter of Sam Pittman. We'll get to that in a second. But – the reason that chatter starts, it's one thing to be losing when you're getting blown out on your home field, like a bad Auburn team is blowing you out. I, I mean, can you explain it? Like, Because Arkansas has got a good home atmosphere, a good home environment, and just did not translate this year. Yeah, it, again, it was weird. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that Arkansas has got one of the best atmospheres in the country, or in the, even in the SEC, because let's be realistic about it. But the fans showed up for these games. Like, now the Missouri game, by that point, is kind of over with, but like, you know, the Auburn game even, that Arkansas season seemed to be all for not. They had coming off that Florida win, so people are saying maybe there's some momentum there. Fans showed up. Weather was beautiful. The atmosphere was nice. But for whatever reason, they just played their worst games at home. And that it just shouldn't happen. Because all those games I mentioned that were one possession, close games, all those games were on the road. They you know, in hostile environments where they played well. And, you know, the one game that they won was at Florida. They had never won at Florida since joining the SEC. So I, I couldn't explain it. It was almost like they, as a team, and maybe as a coaching staff, built up to the uh, diversity, us against the world. We're going into this hostile environment, and they could play that up really well to where the team could respond. But then at home, when they don't travel, they get to sleep in their own beds, they you know just get to go in their home field and have all the team fans with them. It's like they didn't know how to translate that into getting them motivated and pumped up for the game in the same way. It was baffling because Arkansas's home schedule – on paper was actually pretty easy or at least as easy as it could be in the sec west but that's where they performed the worst this past season john you mentioned the offensive side do you feel like it really just was danny enos's scheme handcuffing the hogs was it the offensive line which gave up 47 sacks and believe me i, I watched a lot of bad offensive line play this year but 47 sacks is something serious because uh, it's, I mean, again, I just go back to our conversations at SEC Media Days, and we were literally talking about, you know, I had KJ Jefferson ranked number one in regards to quarterbacks in the SEC. I think most folks thought Rocket Sanders was, if not number one, maybe number two. He played second fiddle to nobody. I mean, you, you thought to yourself, okay, the best quarterback running back duo, like you mentioned, you could have never imagined what the offense was going to be like. So do you look at it as was, was KJ not as good as folks thought he'd be? Was the offensive line just that bad? Was it Enos's scheme was abysmal? Was it a combination of all those things? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, it's kind of the cop-out answer, but it, it truly was a combination. It was just a bad, bad combination because basically what you had is that you had an Arkansas offensive line that lost a few key pieces from the previous year. And everybody just put in the hope. It's like, well, it's Sam Pittman. He's going to have a great offensive line no matter what. But then the recruiting just wasn't there as much. And Cody Kennedy, the offensive line coach, who's no longer here, he's at Mississippi State. People just felt like there was not great evaluation on his part, wasn't great recruiting on his part. But they're like, okay, well, Sam Pittman will figure it out. Well, the offensive line was horrid. Like, it was the worst offensive line I've seen in Arkansas history, at least since I've been alive, and that's saying something. So <laughs> that was bad. And what was also on top of it is that Dan Enos, I think Dan Enos is a good offensive mind. I really do. Mm-hmm. But the type of offenses that he runs is more suited to uh, drop back passing and, and longer developing plays, which can work if you have a great offensive line. When he was the offensive coordinator at Arkansas in 2015, the offensive line consisted of four guys who played in the NFL. Talking about Denver Kirkland, talking about Dan Skipper, talking about Frank Ragnow, talking about Sebastian Tritola. That's why that offense was effective and because you had a great offensive line. But then on top of that, K.J. Jefferson, had, who was in pretty much his entire life, had always ran a an offense that was similar to what a Kendall Bryles offense goes with, where it's not him having to do the reads and doing the you know the, the whole thinking thing. It's where you know he snaps and looks over and they call the audibles and the plays. He was used to that. That's not what Enos does. He tries to give his quarterback a lot of freedom and teach him how to do the reads. So it just all of that accumulating into one well, just made it bad. And what made it get worse and look even worse is just when you're a team that had Rocket Sanders, KJ Jefferson, and you know these guys were so used to having high level success, and then they don't, their morale goes down, and you know they then everybody's morale goes down, and they just stop believing and stop being confident. But you mentioned 47 sacks. Imagine if KJ Jefferson was not a big, able-bodied, dual-threat quarterback. Like imagine if you had, uh, you know, some some pro prototypical passer back there. How many more sacks there would have been? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was unexplainable unfathomable and just an overall disaster offensively. Yeah. The, you bring that up. The sack numbers really are hard to believe when I, my first thought of KJ Jefferson this season was him throwing a guy off of him against Alabama. And I mean, he's like a human pinball back there. And you think about to your point, like if you have a Peyton Thorne back there, or a, you know, an AJ Swan or whatever, he would have had no chance. Um, so of course, as the losses mounted, John, and I know you and I went back and forth on social media and, uh, the pressures on Sam Pittman, the seats got warmer and warmer and warmer. And I've talked about this with Shane Beamer. I, I'm sure you'd say the same thing with Sam Pittman. Pittman is a guy, he's an Arkansas guy. He's beloved. He's got a freaking hog statue in his yard. But no coach, no matter how much goodwill you've built up, no matter what you inherited, the situation, no matter the culture you've built or, or your background, your history, No coach is immune to the effects of losing, and I think Sam Pittman absolutely felt that. I mean, anytime, John, you you have to have your administration come out and let folks know, right, where you're going, that's typically the sign that, hey, this is the one-year notice. If things don't turn around next year, y'all know what's coming. Um, Did you think it was the right move for Arkansas to retain Sam Pittman? And, I mean, were there times this year where you were ready to go ahead and – I mean, I'm sure immediately following Mississippi State, you're probably like, just burn the whole thing down. But, I mean – 
like, were there moments for you where you were like, there needs to be a change now? I mean, that, that a topsy turvy season in that regard, for sure. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, look at it as I, I don't know the number as far as how many coaches had a similar type of seasons, but if you think about Sam Pittman, he had a nine win year in 2021. Incredible. Like one of the best seasons Arkansas had because they had the dark days of Bielema and then the Chad Morris. And in year two, he got Arkansas to a nine-win season, winning the Outback Bowl. I mean, he was flying high. Everyone loved it. But then the next year, you go to seven wins. And then the next year, you go to four wins. Like how many coaches are keeping their job in the SEC when you have that type of trajectory? Especially when it's been all with the same quarterback, like KJ, who's been so good. So I think it was after the Auburn game blowout at home where Arkansas didn't even show up at that point. I was like, okay, this is, this has got to end. This is over. Like the team is gone, like given up the, the, the offense isn't there. The defense even like it's Arkansas just, was favorites in that game to your yeah. point. That was after the Florida game. They were favorites and lost by like 40. Yeah. And it made it even worse when you think the next week Auburn gets smoked by New Mexico state or whatever at home. So it's like, uh, after that, I was like, this is, this is over with this is done. But then they come back and they beat an FIU team. Didn't really matter. And then they got smoked by Missouri. And I think at that point I was like, this is over. This is, this is, it's done with and everything. And I thought that this was time to move on. And I didn't like the way that Sam Pittman was saying some things in the press conference. I just felt like it's, it's over with. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, Hunter Yurchick, the athletic director, coming out and being so strong against, uh, for in support of Pittman. And Pittman, not, not being arrogant about it, but just being like, he knows he's like, I'm good. And I'm not, I'm not worried about my job. I'm like, what is it that they know? Like, what is, what is going on? Like, why do, why do they have such confidence and thinking it's all good? Like, these are like Hunter Yurchek's a dude who's like, I, he has to, he's, he's a dude that will not tolerate losing. He has proven that. So I'm like, what is it that he's seeing? And then we saw in the next few days exactly what they had in their back pocket. And that was bringing Bobby, Mother F, and Petrino back home to Arkansas, which completely and totally changed the entire narrative and the entire feeling of Razorback football on a dime where now people cannot wait for next season. That was the biggest kicker. And, John, it really does come down to who you surround yourself with. And I want to get in that Petrino thing in just a second because you mentioned, like, the end of the season, the vote of confidence, and then you make a move like that. In your mind, John, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but confidence level 1 to 10. 1, he's gone. 10, he's, you know, the future head coach. Your confidence level 1 to 10 that at this point next year, Sam Pittman's the head coach of Arkansas football. I'd say probably a 7 just because I feel like the moves that he made by bringing in a Petrino and the type of help that can be had from Petrino, I think it'll really help out because the one thing about Pittman, you know, this is a thing with Jimbo and when he hired Petrino, I think everyone kind of had a feeling that that probably wasn't going to work as effectively because you're putting him in a situation where Jimbo had been the play caller the whole time and he was the offensive mind, but then he got ridiculed. He's basically forced to hire this guy and it, it was already bad. And, you know, there was still going to be some tension there, some ego there and everything. Just didn't feel like it was going to work. But because that you have Pittman, who is the most like he doesn't care about getting credit. He truly doesn't. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about, oh, you know, I, I want I'm an offensive mind or I'm a defensive mind or whatever. It's like he doesn't care. He hires a coach. And I think it's honestly been to his detriment with some hires, but he hires a coach and he just lets him coach. He doesn't intervene. He doesn't micromanage. He just lets him coach. And so I think because of those facts and because of what Arkansas will be able to do in bouncing back and kind of getting rid of some of the things that they needed to move on from and getting a big returner like a Landon Jackson back, which was huge, and a 
Luke has, who was an SEC all freshman tight end before he got hurt. Uh, I think that because of those facts, um, I think Arkansas in their expectation next year, if they can just improve and get to that point to where they win six, seven, eight games, not saying they for sure will, because we don't know what the roster will look like, but I think that is perfectly like capable and perfectly possible for that to happen. And the potential's there. So I think he'll still be the coach, but if it really, really, really goes bad, like it did this past year, he may not make it through the middle of the season. Yeah, to your point, John, it's you mentioned when you're on a negative trajectory, downward trajectory. Many, most coaches don't survive it. I would say virtually no coaches survive back to back missing bowl games. And so, I mean, obviously in Columbia, that's a big pressure point there. Certainly in Fayetteville, also. You mentioned the roster. Um, it, listen, man, it's the world of NIL portal. You never know what's going to happen. One day it's one thing, the next day it's something else. What's the deal with KJ Jefferson, man? We were hearing rumors that maybe he was South Carolina was a favorite. Rocket Sanders is obviously visiting Columbia. Um, and you mentioned Landon Jackson obviously returning the tight end as well. How is the portal affecting Arkansas? Do you think it's one of those things where you see it being a net positive? Are they completely retooling the roster? Are they taking the approach of, you know, flipping a third of it and kind of just getting a brand new crop of guys in? Like what, how is the portal taking its toll down there for the Hogs? And again, the status of KJ and I guess Rockets already enter the portal. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. 
Yeah. So, um, honestly, and I'm, I'm kind of speaking for a lot of the Razorback fans too, but honestly, seeing Chris Paul, Christopher Paul enter into the portal yeah. was huge because he, he was a really good player and whoever gets him is going to get a really great player. And there's some other guys too that, you know, a lot of the linebackers did. I think uh, it was like uh, Manny Powell did. Um, and he also had a couple of D linemen. Torian Carter was one of them. And, you know, you never want to see certain guys leave, but other than Pooh Paul, it really wasn't anything like, oh man, like we really wish we had him back. It's kind of like, well, he was fine. He was solid. He was okay. But you might be able to get somebody back in. But it got to the point to where with this Petrino hire and Arkansas on the offense, because the offense was so abysmal last year, even with KJ and even with Rocket, who had <clears throat> established success, I think people are just like, okay, Rocket, you want to move on? That's fine. We'll find somebody else because we're everyone's putting their faith in Petrino. They're like, Petrino will figure it out. Like the offense was terrible last year. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? Him go four and eight? You know, like, so <clears throat> I think that with Rocket moving on, like, I, I love Rocket. I have no problems with Rocket or anything, but, you know, it's fine. It's fine him moving on. He, he dealt with a lot of injury this year. And with KJ, I, I have no, you know, I don't have any sources saying this or any, you know, knowledge of anything, but I think he's going to move on. I think he's going to enter in the transfer portal. I really do. I just think that with Petrino being there, they're going to try to, get a quarterback that Petrino wants and the amount of talent that is in the transfer portal right now. I'm not saying Arkansas gets one of these, you know, Dylan Gabriels or anything like that, but I think that there's just a lot of talent in there. And I think that they just want to start fresh with a whole new offense. They, they thank KJ he broke all the records at Arkansas as a quarterback, but just this might be the time to move on. But my guess is, is that there's still some limbo because I believe again, this is just my opinion. I believe that because, Rocket Sanders and KJ Jefferson were taken care of very well in NIL by staying last year. Cause people forget that like there's a lot of schools that were probably coming after them after their 2022 campaign. And they stayed at Arkansas and I'm sorry, they didn't stay at Arkansas for free. You know, it's not like, Oh, I was getting these offers from these other sec schools, but I'm going to stay at Arkansas because you know, I just love getting a scholarship. I'm like, no, they got taken care of. Mm. And I think that's at this point because of the abysmal season this last year and the amount of money that maybe they got, I think maybe the whole situation is, is like, you know, we could send you off and save some money and be able to get other higher quality players like on the offensive line that we need and other things too. So again, that's just my opinion. So I feel like that's why Rocket, one of the big reasons he's left is not necessarily that uh, he was told, uh, he wants to leave, just maybe that, but also it wasn't really a hard fight for them to keep him. And KJ's in that limbo where it's like, he can leave, but he ain't going to get the NIL that he got at Arkansas after this past season. Like somebody will pick him up, somebody will be interested, but I don't think he's going to have the suitors like he maybe did a year ago where his value has gone down a little bit. And I think he's kind of holding on to hopefully that Arkansas can do it and meet with Petrino and see how that goes. But I think at the end of the day, KJ, just my gut feeling, enters into the portal and Arkansas moves on from him. And John, we could have a full on, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, a discussion about, and because I've mentioned this, NIL, and like you have to kind of treat it like, a salary cap in pro sports. And to your point, it's like, okay, are these two pieces worth it? We could free up this cash. And again, that makes some people cringe. But I mean, I think it's just, it's where we are in college football. You have to look at your roster that way. Um, to the recruiting side of things, high school-wise, national signing, that's sort of a footnote now because of the portal and that rules everything. Where is Arkansas in regards to the December 20th signing day? I was just taking a look. They've got 18 commitments uh, eight four-stars, ten three-stars. They're 24th overall. 
and they are 13th in the SEC. Isn't that wild? You can be a top 25 nationally recruiting. You feel good about yourself, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're we're 13th in the conference. Out of 16 teams, by the way, yeah. Texas and OU. So uh, how do you feel about Arkansas's recruiting efforts, and will that be able to positively affect, obviously, the 24 season? And, you know, do you feel like there's some difference makers in that Arkansas needs? Well, I think that there's potential there. Like, there's some guys that are in that class that, you know, could be really good for Arkansas and, and everything, but – and I don't mean this as a cop-out answer, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think anybody cares about the recruiting class. And the reason I say that is because everyone knows Sam Pittman has one year. This is it. Yeah. So we don't care about what you do in the recruiting class and developmenting guys as true freshmen. We care about what you're getting in the portal. And I think even Sam Pittman and his staff understands that because it's like, you know, getting some freshmen in there, yes, it's important. Yes, it's important for development. But I mean, for crying out loud, how many of these freshmen that we just see across college football will even remain in your program for very long? And, you know, are you going to trust and need a true freshman to come in and save your bacon uh, for pardon the pun, but for your for your job and everything, then if that's what you're doing, then you're you're done for as it is. So I think that there are potential guys there and, you know, there may be some players that uh, eventually could be great for Arkansas and everything, but they are focusing so hardcore on the portal because they need help right now. They need immediate help right now. Offensive line desperately needs help. They're going in to get quarterbacks. They're, they're doing that. And so I think that as recruiting class, again, might be important. Nobody cares. Nobody's, it's not moving the needle. If Arkansas finishes 13th in the SEC, they're like, we don't give a rip. What did we do in the portal? That's what matters. It's win and win now, John, indeed. That's why the portal is such a point of emphasis. Is there a quarterback out there for you? I know, obviously, the, the price point matters when it comes to these starting quarterbacks. Who's a guy out there maybe you've heard, or if you just had your pick of the litter, who would you be going after in regards to a, a starting signal caller for next year? Man, there, I mean, there's so many quarterbacks out there. And, uh, of course, his name just escaped, and I was just talking about him yesterday, but he's a guy from North Texas. He's a transfer. Mm -hmm. Uh, out of North Texas. Uh, apparently, Arkansas has shown some interest in him. Petrino really likes him. Uh, the only thing about it that I think was interesting is Petrino's never really had a small quarterback. He's like 5'11", which we can it can work. Like, you know, it's happened before in football. But I was just looking at all the uh, guys that are in there, and I'm like, surely one of these guys can see Petrino and say, hey, you know, this was a guy that, you know, Coach Lamar Jackson, and got him a Heisman Trophy. You know, he coached Ryan Mallett, rest in peace. He, he coached guys that were... Uh, really successful in college. And I think some quarterback would see that and see his resume and see what he does with quarterbacks and say, you know what, that's a place that uh, I may want to go and, and try out. So uh, they're going to have their pick on it. I, I really I really do believe that they'll have a few options there. And whoever they end up getting, again, it just goes back and tr I trust Petrino. Petrino is the guy that uh, has never had bad quarterback play. I mean, he really hasn't for the most part. So whoever he gets, everyone's going to be like, all right, great. This guy's going to be great. We don't even know anything about him. Don't care. Don't care where he's from. Don't care what his size is. He's going to be great because Petrino believes in him, so therefore we believe in him. But uh, I like the North Texas guy. I mean, obviously, you know, if you got a Dylan Gabriel or something like that, that'd be great, or Kyle McLeod. But I feel like those guys are probably going to uh, some other places of uh, bigger stature. But, yeah, I, I like what the guys that they're at least looking at and the type of quarterback that they're looking at because, uh, again, there's just so much talent there and so many options there. John, year five of Sam Pittman upcoming next year. And again, we're looking way too far ahead. We don't even know the schedule in regards to exactly how it's going to shake out. But you, you were talking about it a little bit earlier in regards to Sam Pittman, the future of Razorback football, minimum expectations. I mean, obviously making a bowl game, but I, I look at Arkansas as a program that I, I feel like 
and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Razorback fans have realistic expectations from the standpoint of, like, Arkansas is a team, are they going to win the SEC? I don't know, but you don't have to do that. You can win double-digit games. You can do what Ole Miss would have done this year had the playoff been 12 teams, or what Mizzou, sorry to bring up the sore subject of the Missouri Tigers, but the season they had. Like, if you go 10-2, and two, you're going to have a really good shot at getting that 12-team playoff. South Carolina's in the same boat. I think Kentucky's in the same boat. Uh, again, I mentioned Ole Miss-Mizzou. So you want to be getting closer to that and trending upward. Is six wins enough to bring him back for year six? Does it have to be seven? Does it have to be eight? In your mind, what are the minimum expectations for next year? Uh, it's funny you mentioned Missouri. They're all we're all friends. Uh, me and Missouri people. I, I right? did but, see you had to go back on uh, Mike's show and eat a little bit of crow, which you know I feel like everybody everybody was trashing Mizzou. With them. I had them six and six. I mean, to be fair. Well, see, and that's what that's what made me laugh. And I'll answer your other question, but it was like it made me laugh. And I'm like. You guys attack like use me as an example, and it was so funny because I'm like I didn't say anything that was got landish. I'm like Missouri got picked to finish sixth in the East, so it wasn't like I was like saying that like they were picked to finish first. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna be trash. It's like everybody said it, but I appreciate them making making me a little <laughs> bit more popular and getting a lot of attention to me because I really don't care what Missouri fans think. But either way, uh, as far as the expectation goes, you know, for next season, I believe it's got to be at least seven wins, regular season that is, at least seven wins. And the reason I say that is because the expectation, like everybody's going to give you a different answer. But I think the majority of fans are completely and totally fine with, here in Arkansas at least, averaging anywhere between six to eight wins a year. Getting to a bowl game every single year. There should never be a time where you don't make a bowl game. Six to eight wins a year. And then every three to four to five years, you get to that nine to ten win range. You no, know, like just so you have that one year where it gets put together. You do that, you'll be great. Like we're not even having a conversation about Sam Pittman if he went seven and five this year. Like, we're not having the conversation. We're not talking about him getting fired or the, the craziness that went on. But he went 4-8. and eight. So, I think next year, just to kind of show a little bit of good faith, get to that seven-win range, and people will be happy. They'll be, exci they'll be excited about the potential. And also, it's about how you do 7-5, and five, right? You know, if, if you go 7-5 and five and uh, you're, you know, you, you get a big win somewhere in there, you know, you beat a team you're not supposed to. Like, they get Texas at home next year, like if they win that game or LSU at home next year, or Tennessee at home, like, you know, you get some sort of big marquee win, including into that seven and five, then it's going to make it even greater. So just get to, if you get to seven wins, everybody will be fine and get to a decent bowl game. Anything above that is just absolute bonuses. Six wins, again, depends on how you do it. I think he could, could not, but anything less than that, then he's gone. John Neighbors locked on Razorbacks. John, one last thing before I get you out of here. We're, we are, believe it or not, in the midst of college basketball season. Most folks are still locked in on football, the portal, bowl season, all that good stuff. But give us an idea of your expectations for the Hogs this year. Obviously, Bud Walton was rocking, I think, a week or week and a half or so ago when the uh, Razorbacks took down Duke. And uh, certainly, it looks like Arkansas, one of the top teams in the SEC. Your thoughts, expectations, and uh, you know what you're most looking forward to with Razorback basketball. Well, I mean, the expectation has been set. I mean, Arkansas has made three straight sweet 16s and made two elite eights in that time. Eric Musselman, since the coach at Arkansas, he's eight and three in the NCAA tournament. Um, the next coach after him in the SEC only has four wins in that same span. So the expectation is you get to the tournament and you make some noise. And this year, it is a high expectation because you have a lot of, you had a lot of great transfers coming in and you got some dudes, you got some offensive pieces, and there's been some bumps in the road. But that's how it goes with Muss's team every year. And that's why Razorback fans, yeah, when they lost to UNC Greensboro at home, people were upset, but they're like, eh, they'll figure it out. 
because it's Muss. It's this team. They'll figure it out. That's how the approach is. And it, it's going to be interesting because this weekend they played Oklahoma and Tulsa, which people may not know. Oklahoma's undefeated in the number 19 team in the country. Really good team. So it'll be another test. But the problem is, is that Trevin Brazil, who's such a phenomenal player and who was who they lost last season, if they didn't lose him last year, could have been a different year in the SEC. But he suffered a pretty severe ankle sprain this past weekend's uh, Monday's game against Furman. And we don't know the exact extent of it, but Muss is saying it's it could be significant for as far as a few weeks. Doesn't look like a season ending, at least not at this point, but could be significant. So that's a huge bummer because he we know how great of a player he is. And he was the player of the week because of his performance against Duke. So basically the expectation is, and this may trigger some Auburn and Alabama basketball fans who just became fans a few years ago of basketball. <laughs> but here's the thing. No one gives a rip in Arkansas about winning an SEC regular season or an SEC tournament. No one cares because it's what you do in March Madness. It's what you do in the tournament. That's what matters. Does anybody care here in Arkansas that Arkansas finished 10th in the SEC last season and lost a bunch of terrible games and looked like crap? No. You know why? Because they went to the Sweet 16 by beating the number one seed, Kansas. That erased everything. So it's about what they do in the NCAA tournament. They have all the tools, especially if they're healthy, to make a run and be a Final Four team. Like, they are that good. But can they stay healthy? Can they put it together? Can they do what they needed to do and continue to develop and grow as a team? I think they will. So I I said this before, and I'll say it again. I believe this is Muss's most talented team, his deepest team that he's had since he's been at Arkansas. And it all hinges on health. But this is a team that if they get... It's crap shooting the NCAA tournament as it is, but if they get bounced out before the Sweet 16, it'll be a major disappointment for Arkansas. John Neighbors locked on Razorbacks. John, you always bring the heat, my friend. I appreciate you doing this. Let the folks know where they can check out your work. Obviously, you're popping on social media. You're all over YouTube. I see you all the time, but let folks know where they can check out all of your great work. Yeah, so I do the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are found. It's all Razorbacks all the time, so I'm sure a lot of your audience would be totally interested in that. But uh, it's it's great to uh, also be on social media. You can follow me on all forums at Buzz John Neighbors. Uh, Neighbors is spelled N-A-B-O-R-S because reasons. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me on there. And, you know, just I'm one of the guys who I'm a Razorback fan. I grew up in Arkansas. I went to Arkansas. I, I grew up fan, and I'm still a Razorback fan. So, if you're looking for unbiased media, I ain't your thing. So, uh, but yeah, you can check it out that way. And uh, yeah, I appreciate anybody uh, subscribing or following or anything like that. I try to have fun a lot of times. So it should be good. John, you're the man. Let's do it again soon, my friend. Keep up the good work. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Appreciate it, dude. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.